<clears throat> this week on The Proving Grounds, Arena goes Wonka? Willy Wonka? Wonka, Wonka, Wonka. What happens at Magic 30 makes it to The Proving Grounds. Wizards crowns a new world champ and one more mail for the bros. to Magic Proving Grounds, the only Magic the Gathering podcast that proves just because you want to go to Magic 30 doesn't mean you can get there. I'm your host, Moderator Dave, and with me this week is co-host Ben. Present and accounted for. And other Dave. I am here. Uh, Not at Magic 30. Other than not making it to Magic 30, what did you you do this week? Uh, Well... I uh, I took place. I, I went ahead and did the uh, Magic Thirty draft to fill in my Magic Thirty hole. Hmm. Um, it, it was kind of fun. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I loved it, but uh, do you consider your Magic Thirty hole sufficiently filled? No, no. I need something else to fill my holes. Bummer. That's what she said. Uh, I know. I was, I was like, I no, is nobody going to say it? I had to. No, I so it was cool. Half that was like not set packs of cards. It just seemed like everyone else got cooler stuff than I did. So did this you, was a phantom draft with a bunch of cards from all the years of Magic, or what was it exactly? I, I believe it is every set that is on uh, Arena. Oh, okay, gotcha. Because like I was, I played. Uh, I saw a lot of the Dungeons and Dragons cards. They're the Forgotten Realms cards, wherever you want consider those but i saw some other ones too i don't know exactly what was in there because it seemed like it was a relatively large card pool i don't think i played against a lot of the same cards more than twice especially when you get into what they had in like the rare and the mythic spot Mm. Uh, but whatever draft i was in nobody was drafting red because i had probably like 25 red removal spells nice and then I went undefeated for my first, like, four or five matches. And then it it just, like, all of a sudden the game was like, whoa, this is this is going way too easy for you. Uh, <laughs> Throw you a curveball. And, yeah, and then I got mana screwed. And then next match I got mana flooded. And the next match. Uh, uh, next match I misplayed. That one was on me. But it is what it is. I, I, I did well enough in it to get my gems back plus 100. So... I'm all right with it. Cool, cool, cool. I could not make myself partake. I uh, went ahead and decided not to get the virtual pass mm-hmm. uh, and then couldn't make myself spend my draft token or the, the gold. Had enough. Didn't feel like it. Yeah. So uh, didn't partake in that particular event. What about I, you, Ben? I did not partake. Yeah, I just assume that uh, since I am since I draft often enough, I would be able to get far enough to at least get my resources back. Yeah, yeah that's cool. I am absolute trash at drafts, so I was not willing to to uh, spend that many resources to not do well. I didn't end up drafting a single rare. I know that, like the, every rare in my pack was absolutely awful for drafts, and I was just like, ah, oh, man. I'm going to be playing against people with all these crazy Mordekinens and, and everything else, and, I, and I'm going to be coming at them with commons and uncommons. But You seem to I, do all right. Yeah, I did well enough for what I got. I really wish I'd gotten a bomb, but I didn't end up getting any bombs to really like win the match with. That was the big issue in the third game that I lost, was it was just like, okay... Like I'm, I'm making this work, but he he dropped like two bombs. I managed to get rid of him, but then that was all my removal, and it was just like I got nothing to win the game with. Yeesh. Sometimes that's just how it shakes out. So, uh, what'd you do this week? Uh, uh, trying, still trying to learn the MTGO client. Mostly, I did yeah. go play Paper Magic finally, um, and I got second place. Lost to Amulet Titan. No, oh, no. The the guy that won Just Amulet to Titan there. You played modern, right? Yes, modern. Yes, yeah. I lost Amulet Titan to the guy that played Amulet Titan and just won a one k, a uh, couple towns over from me. So he's pretty good. 
Nice. Uh, what deck were you on? I was playing Crashing Footfalls. Ah, oh, yes. That's a fun deck. The f- the four color with the Leyline Binding variant. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's cool, man. Oh, well, I've been playing uh, playing some modern on uh, MTGO as well. Which you can check out on our Twitch channel. Links in the show notes. Ooh. Ah, just uh, yeah. Do you want to talk and, about that or? I mean, we talked just, about it a little bit last week, but I mean, it's the, so we're doing t- we're yeah we're training up we're learning the ins and outs of modern together one at a time. Um, and the idea was that if we're like somebody will play the deck on Fridays, so this time I did because I knew the meta a little bit better than other Dave um, right. or moderator Dave. Dave. Yeah, and I got trounced with the living end deck. <laughs> People I, are I, I scooped oh, after because so you play five like when you play a league you play five games and then that's your record. I scooped after four. I was like no because we I didn't win a single match. I was zero and four, so it's like there's no rewards for playing the fifth one. And I was just done playing that deck to be honest. Is um, living in still in the meta? It I, is. I, it's I, at the I, lower I, end of the meta. It shifted. I, say, I down. thought it had started to get pushed out, but I don't pay that much attention it, to modern. It did, and theoretically, it should be doing better after the Yorion band, but I was just not playing it very good, apparently. I made a bunch of punts based the, on the um, client. Does, like I does, passed. The, does the Yorion band, do they open up for uh, for other bands, or they do they have their own act? How does that work? Are they the uh, liner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mispronounced band. <laughs> I put a D on the end. Yeah, they open up for Coldplay. Cold usually. Oh, God. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Cold blade to the ground. I hate them. <laughs> Shots fired. All right, imagine dragons. We're good. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> put put Reed Duke and Coldplay and Imagine Dragons in a room together and light it on fire. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Don't actually do that. That's rude. I don't want anybody yeah. to get hurt. But if you could just burn their music well, in their make sh- online presence. You just gotta make sure they have an escrow window or whatever it's called. <laughs> The one there where you get out, you know, let's give him one of those. Good. Egress. Egress. Yeah. Not escrow. Thank you. <laughs> it's like escrow. It's like, are they buying the house? <laughs> they're fixing to set on fire. <laughs> yeah. They got to be within the escrow window. <laughs> right. I also made a new historic deck over the weekend. Too, oh, yeah. Because the, the mono red deck has been underperforming lately. Mm. Yeah. Um, blue and red is really just kind of been pushing it out. And so I was thinking about what best counters that blue red deck that I've been playing against 90% of the time. And I decided yeah. to go with something that just wrecks people's hands. Nice. And, uh, so got a red, black, just, uh, just absolutely destroys people's hands with, uh, IOK and thought Thoughtseize and mm. Croxa and Liliana. Liliana. Yep. I was going to say, <laughs> and just going right after their hand. Nice. Getting some um, wins. Are you? I I'm doing pretty well against that blue red deck at least, which is still what I <laughs> yeah. match up against like 80% of the time. So naturally it, it's not ideal for everything that I match up against, but, um, it's been getting the job done better than that mono red deck was doing. And sometimes it's good to go against the meta because then you get some wins. Yeah. I've always hated playing against decks like that. Like for me, like as an aggro player, it's never bothered me that much. I can empty my hand out quick enough, but like the idea of people just coming for my hand constantly does frustrate me so i was always i always told myself i won't play that way i'm not gonna be but, that person but that blue red deck man it was really pissing me off and finally i was like i'm just gonna build the counter to that deck <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're just gonna, there you go. i'm gonna there come you go. straight for everything you're doing <laughs> you either die a hero or become the thing you hate the most <laughs> turn one thought seeds yeah. okay yeah yeah turn turn one blood crypt thought seeds <laughs> down to 16 already <laughs> Oh, and Shouldered. I put Shouldered in there just to try and give me, like, some late game top end, a way to win that's not direct damage or attacking. And uh, she's a house, man. Yeah, especially since that deck's drawing a lot of cards, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
does work. Shuts their game plan down. Oh, it's yeah. not good enough. It doesn't have an ETB. <laughs> Man. Um, hey, you and your modern players over there. I know. They are kind of snobby when I, it comes to that. Huh? I, I saw them ripping that new uh, the 7-5 that can also be a 3-3. Three, three. The yeah. uh, flesh oh, gouger. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, They're yeah. like, there's no way this makes it into modern. And I was just like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, this card is so good. Maybe it doesn't make it into modern, but you don't need to come out here and shit on it just because it doesn't fit into the one thing that you play. Yeah. 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 And then commander players jumped in and was like, there are better options for commander than this. I don't. Yeah. yeah let me like the card for the standard or multi format purposes, not necessarily your yeah. one format that you play. Yeah. Remember, these cards are made for many people. It's a format for everyone. I because I, I think that card is gonna be a staple in standard. Yeah. Are, it's, are there any ways to uh, blink creature spells at this point? Creatures, because if you if you play the uh, prototype, yeah. cost, put it if down the board. If you blink it, it comes back as a seven five. Back. Yeah. As of right now, I I heard some rumblings that Magic is going to put out a rule specific to prototype, but they have not yet. So About blinking. Need, yeah. So you can, in standard, you could do that. Um, it's like a persist effect where when it goes to the graveyard, it does not. That you can do that on it. Well, if it doesn't go to the graveyard, it wouldn't come well, back. Well, it, it actually hits the graveyard, I think, okay. and then comes but back yeah, out. If it hits the graveyard and comes back, then it would come back. As yeah, technically, yeah. Currently. I don't think they'll make a role specific for prototype just because then prototype gets real f-ing confusing, especially yeah. 10 years from now when it's not in the standard. That's why they freaking removed uh, walls can't attack from the the rules text because it was the only creature type that had like rules text not written on the card associated with it. And that's hella confusing if you're not like privy to that particular. Nobody reads the comprehensive rules. They just don't. So (laughs) So I think they will will make it so that blinking it brings it to step five. I'm not sure. Like, I think if your deck is already doing something like that, then it's fine. But I'm not sure you go in building for that. Mm. Yeah. Because then, unless you're building around it sufficiently, then, you know, your combo is pretty easy to disrupt a counterspell or removal. Yeah. And another note that makes it good is that sometimes when you have these combo decks that combo something in and cheat it in, if you draw that card, it's usually just a dead card in your hand. And this at least gives you an, uh, like an alternate casting cost that's so not dead in your hand. Yeah. I love these prototype cards. Yeah. That I, sounds I like a just mechanic. talking about the mechanic. Having an early and a late game is huge for a card. Mm hmm. So, like, this being effective both if I draw it on turn seven and if I draw it on turn three is, it's yeah. a boom uh, to the card for sure. Part of why cycling is so powerful is yeah. that you have an early option and a late option. It's, mm-hmm. Options are great. You used to yep. get so mad at that cycling deck that I had. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uninteractable, mm-hmm. cycling is, so it's, it kind of makes you mad. Yeah. No, I everyone, like, that deck made everyone mad. Hmm. Yeah. As soon as they, I saw the preview for Eternal Witness, and I was like, "I'm making a cycling deck." Yeah, <laughs> and everybody's gonna hate it, and everyone did. So, you guys want to move on? Talk about a little bit of the news? Sure, newsy newsies. So, did you guys hear about the uh, new Wonkified Golden Booster packs? Did they, you get a golden ticket inside? Now? No, they're golden. The packs are, they, are golden. They're made from actual gold. Well, I mean, digitally, I suppose they're arena packs. So uh, how it goes is you buy with either gems or gold, what, 10 booster packs? Let me look it up. You can't just win booster packs as part of your... No, you have to actually pay for them with with in-game currency. Okay. And then you get a special golden booster pack. And this golden booster pack contains six cards, all of which are rare or mythic from a standard legal set and have duplicate protection. So you're always going to be getting cards New. you need to complete your collection in the rare or mythic slot. 
Okay. okay. So let's see. I want to get the, I heard it was 10, but I'm looking through the article. Now. Yeah. 10 steps. 10, 10 steps to purchase 10 packs, you get a golden pack. So uh, what do you guys think about this? I still won't buy packs. It, it would be better if the golden packs could have wild cards in them. <laughs> it's, 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 they're not going to do that. If it was a golden pack with six rare or mythic rare wild yeah. cards, then it'd be all about it. Yeah, well, um, yeah I would. Yeah. But otherwise, eh. Yeah, I, I mean... It's hard to complain about, like, if buying packs is the way you accumulate your cards. It's hard to complain about getting more free stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so this is not for me because I use my gold to draft and turn my golden mm-hmm. gems. Mm-hmm. But I think for the people who do buy packs, this is great. Like it's mm-hmm. a great yep. addition. It's free um, stuff. Yeah. Like it, it's extra stuff for doing the stuff that a lot of those people were doing already. And so I, I do think this is a great addition, even though it is not for me and it is not going to get me to buy packs. Yeah. So yeah. It's not going to get anybody to change their, their purchase behavior. You think, but if you're already doing the thing that you're doing, then it's a bonus. Real it, well it might change some people's. Per- There's yeah. like people who don't draft or don't use their coins to draft. I, I, the only other purpose you have for your coins is buying packs or saving it to buy stuff out of the store. Mm-hmm. So you know, some of the people who just buy stuff out of the store who don't draft or don't use their coins in their tournaments or whatnot may start buying packs instead. But every yeah. time, every time there's a sleeve or an avatar in that daily store, you can't resist it. <laughs> You're all over it. Have you bought any of the uh, the human gamer avatar? I didn't yet? buy any of those. I'll probably wait till they appear in the daily store for fifty percent of what they are now. Yeah, same. No, I think it's cool. Like I said, hard to complain about. Yeah, things that are free for doing. You know, surgically something you would be doing anyways. I've. I don't typically buy packs because I prefer to waste my gold not winning in draft. <laughs> but when I have, I've always at least bought 10 because only like a wild card that I'm looking for to put together a deck or upgrade my uh, red deck that I run through Explorer. So if they ever make a set that's called like the Hills of Dominaria or something, I will buy it just so I can say there's gold in them there hills. <laughs> yes. Wah, wah, wah. All right. So. Another thing that happened this weekend was uh, Magic 30. Oh my gosh. I'm so surprised. I know. It was like <laughs> almost like somebody was supposed to be there and then like, I, I don't know. Look, Anyways, let's move I'm on. I'm sorry. I took a nap on a truck and woke up close to home and I just said, I'm going home. I'm done with this. Yeah, you had a rough time. Yeah. It was a rough ride. So I just want to sleep in my bed. That's fair, my friend. Let's talk about the first little thing of that uh, really hit me hard for Magic 30 was they announced and, uh, well, announced, previewed, is that the right word? The uh, dawn of the Phyrexian Evasion official the, cinematic the, trailer. The video, yes. Yes. I, I did not watch. Do I need to? Uh Watch it real quick. It's only like four minutes. Yeah, we'll 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 we'll, we'll, we'll hit pause. Everybody, I just look at my live reacts. Pause. The, Dude, the- I'll watch it again while you're watching it. Is that Elf Nisa? It is. Oh, I didn't realize that. I was watching it on my tiny phone. That's why I said in the that's why the comment under there says Nissa's dead? Question mark. Yeah. Man, they just need to get Idris, Idris Elba to play. To fairy, like one hundred percent. Yeah, that's the the one thing I was like, it doesn't sound like Idris Elba. I'm so. I know. I I always imagined he would sound like that, like the British accent. Ooh, that's creepy. <laughs> the goose starts running out of the eyeballs. So is he at Teleria? Is that what that is? A Johnny. I am now at a robot. So what did he think was going to happen? Does this mean a Johnny's killed? Two planeswalkers now. Thus far, I suppose. Completed. Dude, he's like a video game boss, a Johnny is. <laughs> yeah. He's got like moveset and everything. The Jay of Ballard stained glass. He's not dead. He just fell out a window. He's not a diehard yeah. villain. He's a planeswalker. Is this his time machine? Seems that way. 
Which is weird. They just have a time machine, like just hanging out wherever this yeah. is. He's like, I'll never go into time, but uh, I'll never travel in time, I swear. But I'm going to make this time machine just in case. <laughs> or is that where, did he have to go back to Teleria to get Urza's uh, time machine? Yeah. Is, is that what yeah. it, that was, actually? I bet. Yeah, if I remember correctly, that was covered in the story last time. But it's it's someone else's chair or whatever. I forget what it's called. Gotcha. That's cool. So now that's like the pre Daunt Brothers War because that was Teferi going back in time to the Brothers War era. Mm -hmm. Pretty exciting. But yeah, so is Nissa dead? I want to have confirmation about that. (laughs) Like it's kind of messed up for them to just put that out there and be like, this looks like Nissa, seems like Nissa. I mean, it's definitely definitely Nissa because they seem to be like when Teferi's like, yeah. Where you followed, you know, right? Like, they were in cahoots, right? And they talk about the gate watch, and it—I yeah. mean, it mm-hmm. looks enough like her. Like that has to be Nissa, right? Mm-hmm. The the but, question is, yeah, is she dead? Is she dead? Is she playing she possum? Been knocked out, and like, you don't like see her get stabbed or anything. You just see him walk in with the body and throw it on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Or she could just be unconscious. She I think it'd be pretty messed up to kill two main planeswalkers this close together. Three, if you count Tamiyo, but that was far enough back, and she's not that main. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like eventually you kind of have to kill some of your main planeswalkers to make That's a story. True. That's know? true. Because I guess Nissa's more add, main than Jaya Ballard is. Yeah, and yeah. to add uh, like some some gravitas to your story, because otherwise there's never any threats, right? If nobody yep. dies, then nobody important dies, or nobody who's well liked dies. Then uh, yeah, got to have stakes. Yeah, the Superman problem. Uh, yeah. I feel like Nissa is one of the ones she's popular enough, but also there's enough planeswalkers in green that you don't really need her. Yeah, true. Um, but they'll bring her back. The same. I mean, they killed Elspeth. They brought her back. They kill. Like, they bring planeswalkers back. Like Dominaria doesn't have an underworld that she can escape from. She dead if she dead. <laughs> How does this particular cinematic stack up to the War of the Spark? cinematic which i think has for at least in my opinion been probably the top cinematic in only because of the lincoln park cover well i mean that might have had something to do with it it was it's it's still pretty cool um so there are a couple things in this video that i've noticed too uh, mm -hmm. that i want to talk about the first one is wherever it is that they're fighting Mm -hmm. that stained glass window with jaya ballard Seems out of place. Yeah, like who? Where are you at? That they built a stained glass window to Jaya. Yeah, how far after her death is this, or did they do it before she died? Latinam, uh, where uh, Jonah hangs out, he just like sits there and like watches it because he's weird. So a Johnny in the video clearly mm-hmm. casts lightning helix, right? Mm-hmm. That's the spell that he's casting with his hand. Yeah, when he attacks yeah. to fairy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, isn't there something in the story where he gives up Lightning Helix? Like, isn't the, the a Johnny Revenant into a, a Johnny... I forget what the next one was. But isn't there some part of him that gives up casting Lightning Helix for some reason? Because he color shifts. Maybe he color shifted again when uh, he uh, became a Phyrexian. Maybe it's not Lightning Helix. Maybe it's... Uh, I don't know, train life or whatever. But like, it kind of, it really plays into the story if that's, if I'm remembering that correctly, but I don't remember that fully. Um, If I'm right and there's a reason that he gave up Lightning Helix that was like protecting people or something, if I remember, he went from being vengeful to being a protector. And that was what gave, made him transition away from casting Lightning Helix. Yeah, he formally had. Casting it again as a uh, as a Phyrexian shows that the Phyrexian has completely changed his mindset. Yeah, so he formerly had access to red mana, but lost access to it after learning that rage doesn't bring peace. So he's probably lost that ability as a Phyrexian. <laughs> like he yeah. he's okay with rage. Just no know? peace. Right, no Only peace. Phyrexia. But that, that I found that interesting that like at one point he gave up red and lightning helix and now he's back to it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yes. Interesting. That is a nice catch. Did not see that. That's the thing that's cool about uh, having a card game with the lore and how it intertwines mechanically. Uh, Yes. Nice touches. Little Easter eggs when you're uh, keen on both sides of the uh, lore plus mechanics. Yep. Very cool. I like the video. Nobody gave me a straight answer. Is this better or worse than the the War of the Spark cinematic? Is this unseat War of the Spark for best cinematic? War of the uh, Spark got me excited to play Magic again. So, and I think War of the Spark will always be the more popular one, even if it's mm-hmm. only because of the link. Yeah, I just it had some cool stuff too. Dak Faden got it in it, and then uh, got murdered. <laughs> That's your. Uh... Yeah, is is Dak fading in it? Yes or no? No. Did he die? (laughs) Did he die? Dak Faden is not there. Yeah, Dak Faden didn't die in it. It's not. It's not as good. Um, (laughs) Well, what can I say? I'm I'm a big fan of stabbing Dak Faden. So who killed Dak Faden? Oh, who stabbed him? Um, I thought it was just it was just a zombie. zombie. Yeah. yeah. Just a random zombie. Just, so uh, did you cosplay as the zombie that stabbed stabbed Dak Faden? Like pretty You just walk around with a red hand. Zombie. In. Like, <laughs> you just like, do you know who I am? I'm the zombie that kills Dak Faden in the War of the Sparks Cinematic trailer. Duh. Duh. Just uh get a Kolpesh with a Dak Faden uh dummy on the on the end of it and just walk around with it. <laughs> All there you go. Perfect. I, I watched that that clip again just to make sure that is definitely Lightning Helix that he's casting. Sick. All right. Well, speaking of cosplay, you guys want to talk about the cosplay contest that happened at Magic 30? Sure. Uh, absolutely. Okay. So uh, hats off to putting diffusers on your head and uh, winning $3,000. Yeah, we have a fan of the show apparently. They got some honorary, ideas. Honorary fan of the show, uh, Dark Pack Cosplay. Totally brought the house down with uh, his this like incredible Ashiok cosplay. I mean, yeah, it's it's legit. It, 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 it is really good. It was my favorite, definitely, that I saw from the cosplay contest. And, there, uh, it's. It's just you, I can't even like begin to describe how amazing it is. It's just there's so many layers but of cosplay. Like I imagine it's got to be so hard to get that Ashiok face to look like Ashiok's face mm-hmm. with the smoke and everything, and then for him to have actual smoke coming out of it. It's, mm-hmm. Shout the, out to Dark Packed Cosplay. That was it's incredible cosplay. It, it, it's um, like that. The headpiece alone is so intricate. The 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 face mac that comes out because you know Ashiok as a character doesn't actually have a face it's just like a, a a void that smokes so the the way that he did that is just like oh it's very awesome I like have spent way too much time looking at this cosplay and just finding new things that are just cool about it like very cool. Hats off to him. Um, did you guys see any other cosplays? I, uh, I really feel like watching it too. I wonder where his head is at. Like the yeah. moments where I was watching it, I was like, "Where is? Did you cut off part of your head to do this?" Exactly. That- it's that's the thing. It just it's it, it it's kind of like reality breaking because you know that there has to be a head there, but it doesn't really look like there's a head there. There's no. Yeah. Uh, oh man. No- I- let me tell you what's reality breaking. The fact that this person has to wear their green armband in the photos for like the, you get into the event. Yeah. To, yeah. No, I mean, totally, you, gotta, you have to, but like, I want a picture without that. Cause this is like awesome. There it's were good. other cosplays that I liked, um, but I don't want to name them without crediting the person who did them. And I don't remember. Uh, I might be able to help you. Yeah. The Sarah Angel one, I really liked. Ooh, okay, I can't help you with that one. But uh, I believe uh, second place best of show went to Tasha Dungeons & Dragons Planeswalker. The cosplayer's name was Amy Does Cosplay. The Sarah Angel was Zanade Beckham at Zanide, I, Yeah, I just found yeah. it, too. I think it's Zanide. 
Yeah. It's a nine day Beckham. Goes by Zbex online. Nice. Uh, incredible. Oh, it yeah, is really there. good. I wish I, I just can't stop looking at that Ashia costume. Yeah. That's crazy. And the like the mannerisms that the person the cosplayer is using while they're posing on the stage is like very reminiscent of what I would imagine Ashiok moving like. Very uh, uh, otherworldly. That's great. Nightmares, if you will. Worth it. The Atraxa Voice of the Praetor cosplay that's been floating around. Really cool. Amy does cosplay to Tasha the Witch Queen, which I really like that one too. Yes. Uh, Atraxa Praetor's voice was Happy Lady Morgan. Yes. Well, that's that. I like that that one a lot. That one has a lot of intricate foam work in the wings and the headpiece as well. And then I also liked, uh, I can't say the name of uh, the character, Jiang Yangu, the Planeswalker. He has the the dog. Yeah. Uh, Mau. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, cosplay yeah. was really good too by. Uh, Mixo F Milty. Nice. Mix of Milty. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Hey, can you put those tweets in the show notes so that we can put them in the. I'm yeah. not. I'm on Facebook. Oh, can you. Dang it. Okay. People like Facebook, right? <laughs> uh, um, I can probably Just... use this to find some links. Okay. Now. Let's talk about the uh, $500,000 elephant in the room. Let's talk about the World Championship. Did you guys tune into the World Championship? I did. Oh, my. Are we busting the nobody watched it bit? Did we finally do it? (laughs) Yeah. I guess I didn't watch it. It's the World Championship. I had to watch it. There was a moment where it's like, do I not watch it for the bit or do I watch it? And watching it. One over. Won the day. Um, I tuned in a little bit on day one and day two, but on day three, I was here for basically the whole time. I took a little nap in the middle and then was back at it. Um, man, that final game, it was, yeah. uh, that fi- it was uh best of uh, two out of three matches and they played nine games in a row. That yeah. was, uh, yeah, like the ma- matches were one to one, and then inside the third match, the games were one to one. Yeah, so <laughs> it was it was something else. I don't want to say it was too much magic, but oh my goodness, it was a real. Uh, it was a nail biter. It was um, a, I was going to say butt clincher, but nail but yeah, yeah. nail biters probably either one. Um, I will say that I I like the. The fact that it seemed like Nathan Stewart was always winning game one. Mm-hmm. And then Ellie C- Cassis was doing, like, would sideboard in and, mm-hmm. you know, seemed to have countered what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every single match, uh, mm-hmm. it's crazy. It was awesome. Yeah, it was real. Like, Ellie Cassis is a real uh, chill dude. He was. He um, was like, you could see the nervousness on the Nathan's face, but Ellie, he was like cold as a cucumber the whole time. Yeah, man. I just know there was, there was two key points in that last, uh, uh, three matches, the title match, if you will, mm-hmm. that really, really got me the, the point where he did a trigger on AO where he didn't get nothing. Oh um, yeah. He, we whiffed that loss whiffed. in that game. And then, and ultimately like, the match. <laughs> yeah. If he had picked the other trigger, where he put counters on on creatures? Do you think he would have won the match, or was he just like? How many creatures was, did he have at that point? Um, I don't remember if he had three any. or four. Uh, oh, okay. I think he had a couple of tokens from wedding announcement, and then uh, maybe an iratai and another creature. I think Nathan ended up just uh, infernal grasping it or something, cut down mm-hmm. or something. Yeah all of his creatures after that anyway. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember exactly the, the right sequence, but yeah, it was definitely a... It was a... Well, I guess what I'm trying to get at was that just like there was nothing he could have done. He made the right play and he just whiffed. Yeah, he just whiffed. Yeah. How it is. Yeah. That sucked. And then the last... Was it the last game he played? He got... He only ate it to three lands. And yeah. then just really couldn't do nothing. That's a... Uh, that happens, but man... 
that is not when you want it to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was good. I, I, I really appreciated the coverage. I think that um, uh, Marshall and Paul mm-hmm. are the commentators and they are very good together. They've done it in the past together. And I think that they they handled the, the finals very, very well. Um, yes. Was really, and then also on the other end, the other commentators, um, they kind of switch off. They were mm-hmm. also really good. So I thought the production overall was really mm-hmm. an excellent I can't complain. Yeah. That's pretty good. Top notch um, from Wizards. Best we've I, seen in a while. I did want to say, when I was watching it, I was voting for, uh, I was I was rooting for Julian Wellman, mm-hmm. who brought an off-meta deck and was, like, killing it through standard and unfortunately mm-hmm. kind of bombed the Explorer po- portion of it, mm-hmm. which ended up him taking an eighth-place win, but which is great with a great achievement. But it seemed like... In the beginning, when he was six and zero, seven and zero, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, he was going to roll the tournament. But then they got to the explore person, mm-hmm. and his deck was not was it mono blue spirits because yeah. that's basically all explorer um, was. Yeah, and then uh, Nathan Stower was the only one that brought a Grixis deck to the yep. standard, which specifically I, because it combated the, the Esper, Esper decks. Yep, the, the, the same reason that I started playing. Huh. Yep. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's nice when you bring a non non meta deck, or you try to build a deck specifically to counter one deck, and then it shows it pays off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah he, he it was, but was seriously like the Esper is what eighty or was sixty to seventy percent of the meta. Yep. Yeah. It, it was is a lot. lot. <laughs> it's like too much Esper in this tournament. The semifinals was just mostly Esper mirror matches. It was a. A bit much. That was yeah. part of the reason. Like a lot of times, I'll go out of my way to watch these, um, even though they interfere with football. Yeah. Uh, and part of the when I saw the sixty-eight, I think it was sixty-eight percent Esper. I was just like, I don't want to watch a bunch of Esper decks play against each other. Yep. Yeah. I think the finals made up for it. If it's two Esper decks, I probably wouldn't even bothered. Yeah, the, Honestly. definitely Nathan making it to the the final match really made it worth it. Had it been a, a Esper beer, I don't know. Yeah, it, I might go watch the final match. Uh, you should. It, it's it's definitely worth the the nine games you sit through. Yeah, uh, at the very end, it's a real it's a real back and forth. Yeah, like I said, it was just like the the moment to moment of the tournament typically. If it's a varied enough field, I will watch the entire thing. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just like, I do not want to watch Esper all the time. I can't do it. Yeah, it's like when I was watching those replays, and it was uh, years ago when Red Deck Wins was uh, the one um, during like War of the Spark, I guess, or around there. Is that when uh, Seth Mansfield won it? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just, it was just all that all the time. You're like, oh, okay. There cool. was all there were three big decks there. There was the the red deck wins. There was uh, fires of invention, mm-hmm. which uh, yellow hat Nasif was playing. I can't yeah, remember his name all of a sudden. Gabriel. Just, all I remembered was yellow hat. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, there was a Themer wilderness reclamation deck. Yeah, but, and it was just so. So that, that mono red deck got so under that team protect that it, it ended up out of the tournament pretty quick. Yeah. yeah it's kind of like that this time around, honestly, but especially with Explorer, you think, Oh, we got some variation Explorer and then everybody's just on, you know, mono blue spirits. And that was, uh, that was thrown about drain is when Seth Mains would want to red. Deck oh, okay. Ones. Cause that yeah, was, yeah. uh, Robert the rich was the big, yep. Yep. Makes yeah. sense. Congratulations to Nathan Stower for winning yes. Magic World Champions. Congratulations to Nathan S. Yeah. For yes, for winning. And I thought it, I thought it was cool that the top 4 people get to be in all the events next year. Yeah. They like earn yeah. their spot on the on the pro tour. That's cool. Has that always been that way? I haven't followed it closely for a long time. Uh so- I I don't know about recently because they changed the tournament format so many times in the last decade that it's yeah. hard to keep track of. But I know 
prior to that, there was a certain, I think it was top eight state on the pro tour. So, um, obviously, uh, Ellie Cassis, second place. Yuta Takahashi, who was last year's winner, yep. placed uh, sixth. So, still I like, really aggressive. I like, I like him a lot. I, yeah, I, do, I do too. He's a top notch player. So, uh, you know, six ain't, six ain't bad at all. Oh, and my dude, Greg Orange, I, I followed him for a little bit. He took 10th place with a blue-white control deck in standard, which I thought was pretty ballsy. They did. Yeah, so he's uh, making it work. Uh, one of the greatest moments in Magic streaming history, I forget which tournament it was. I, I want to say it was maybe after Theros, but it might be after that. that. It was when they were still doing everything from home, so people were live streaming from their house while they were playing. Yeah. In uh, one of them, someone's roommate goes to use the bathroom behind them. It doesn't shut the door. And so there's, oh, just no. a, there's a oh. full view of a guy taking a piss in the background. <laughs> oh, my, oh my God. Bomb. I literally just moved my uh, desk because I noticed when uh, me and uh, Ben were streaming last week, that if the door to the room I stream in is open, you see straight into my bathroom. And I was like, oh, my God. Yep, it's one like, of those situations. It, huh? it, I have like two dogs, and if you do not latch that door, they will like be barging in. And I'm like, that's my nightmare to to <laughs> to get to get on Twitch using the bathroom. So yeah, move. You like step away, step away real quick. Yeah, <laughs> dog bolts the room right on camera. So now it's pointing at a wall. So we're, we're good to go. Yeah. Just one last thing on the production standpoint. I thought it was weird when they do the wide shot of the stage. Normally you'd have two people sitting there with some cards in front of them. But instead this year, and it might have been this way last year. I didn't watch it, but they had two computers just facing each other. Mm-hmm. And then people were just sitting on their computers across from their opponent. It was just weird. Yeah. Uh, especially next year they're back in paper. So that's good. Yeah. It, it, well, they had um, people who couldn't travel playing. So I think that was yeah. why the, the focus on arena. This particular Yeah. I did realize that. Cause I think Jakob Toth was not uh, in country. Yeah. As an so, example. Yeah. Yeah. So it's nice that they have that option now. Yeah. And especially arena is not terrible to watch, uh, as far as like trackability. Yeah. Stuff, so. It's not bad. I, I prefer it to, uh, you know, MTGO. Well, yeah. I mean, who, 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 let's yeah. be real. Who doesn't prefer watching Arena over MTGO? Broadcast quality, the production quality, really good. Uh, Cedric, hats off yeah. to him. He was always yeah, enjoyable when he was on a camera interviewing people and talking to them. Great guy. Oh, finally, we made it. I honestly don't understand how you didn't know we needed to take a boat. You said you walked to Benalia and rode the merchant wagon. I don't know either. I just took off walking, trying to find you guys. Next thing I knew, I was in the city, met the trash merchant. Sometimes I just zone out. I, I don't know. And when I come to, I'm at a new place. I need to learn to pay attention more. Oh, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Sometimes... When boring people are talking, I wish I could just zone out and end up elsewhere. Yeah, I guess it does have its perks sometimes. <sighs> Sorry, I brought it up. We need to find one of these stones, and we need to hurry. We haven't seen a Phyrexian for a while, but they could be anywhere. Uh, yeah, maybe we could check out the market. Where is the market? Uh, I think it might be over there. I remember there being lots of people this way the last time I was here. See someone swinging their junk over there. Let's check it out. Okay, guys, let me do the talking. Step right up here. We have the wares you want and the wares you need. Oh, hey, uh, hi there, sir. Do you have any of them there, uh, power stones for sale? Oh, I only sell gently used clothes and housewares, so I can't help you with that. I can, however, let you know that no one sells power stones. They're very hard to come by. Only one place got them. And I wish I had it, but it's in the mana rig. They don't ever give anything away. Ever. Okay, we'll buy one mana rig, please. I'm pretty sure that's not how this works. No, it's not. 
but I can give you some new clothes. Okay, well, uh, thanks for your time. Well, we are definitely screwed. We are not leaving this place. So I guess it is time to shave Mo and try to blend in. What? Before we go too drastic, I have an idea. We're going to break into the mana rig and steal a power stone. But you guys want to move on and talk about some of the, well, one particular card and then maybe some others. Yeah. Uh, the announced over Magic 30? Sure. Because we have to resolve the the final meld card because we kind of we were kind of left hanging. We hadn't been... Uh, we were postulating about what we, it could be. We yeah. Postulating and we have to resolve who was closer and uh, talk about it. So... So the final meld card in the so Urza was blue and white, Mishra was black and red, and it just left lone green sitting there with no meld color. Um, and Maro had hinted that there would be one. So the new card is a Titania Voice of Gaia. There's th- two green and one colorless legendary creature elemental three four with reach. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing. You can look it up. <laughs> but basically, when you play a land from anywhere, uh, or it's put into the graveyard from anywhere, uh, you gain two life. And then when uh, during your upkeep, if there's four lands, you get to flipper if you also control the the land named Argoth. And then she, she melds over. Becomes a star star, vigilance, reach, trample, haste, legendary creature, elemental avatar, got Titania, Gaia, incarnate. Uh, its power and toughness are equal to the number of lands. When it enters the battlefield, return all land cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. And then you can pay four mana values, like uh, one green, three colorless, to put four one counters on target land you control. It becomes a zero zero elemental creature with haste. It's still a land. So you can turn lands into mans with that ability when you get her flipped. And you can turn, do that, what, as early as turn three? Uh, theoretically theoretically oh four yeah, yeah. as early as turn four because at the beginning of your upkeep so you layer on turn three and then on turn four at the beginning of your upkeep if you have this Argoth land then she'd flip so Argoth enters battlefield tapped unless you control a legendary green creature um, I think Titania itself counts and then you can tap that green or you can tap and pay green green Two colorless to create a two-two bear creature. Then mill three cards. The mm. milling helps you get to that land threshold in order to flip. We have to have four lands. Pretty complicated, but also pretty powerful, I'd say. Hmm. I think it's a neat, flavorful card. Um, I think that other Dave had mentioned that Titania was an option. Yeah, but we thought that it would mold with an artifact since the other ones do, but... Yeah, which, I mean, it makes sense that it doesn't. And I'd like to point out that I was like, it has to do with uh, Argoth. So I think uh, the Daves yep. get a half a point apiece. The Daves if, prevail. If, we, uh, if we're keeping track. <laughs> yeah, you combined your lore sensibility with Dave's gameplay sensibility. Mm-hmm. And then you pretty much guessed it. It's cool. I mean, part of mine is lore, too. I'm yeah, not as true. knowledgeable on the lore as Dave is. I don't know. I think it's a cool card. I think it's flavorful. Um, it makes me want to do some kind of uh, land recursion shenanigans. So, I, I don't think this one is as powerful as the other ones, but this oh, one is easier to get out, I think. This is so, also... So let me ask you this on this one, Ben. Mm-hmm. Is this better as a modern card than it is a standard card? Mm, maybe? I don't know. Uh, so three for a three four. Doesn't die to bolt. Yeah. Uh, when land cards are put in a graveyard from anywhere, you gain two life, so your sack lands are going to trigger that. Yep. Uh, beginning of your upkeep, four more land cards in your graveyard, which seems a lot more likely with sack modern, lands than right. it does anywhere else. The milling, the I mean, you can get an engine online with this pretty pretty quick, um, especially with combination of Renin Six and then Solar Wind Grace. 
So you um, recur your, your land with Ren and Six from the graveyard to your hand, and then you discard it with Solo Ren Grace. So then, I, I, can this go into Delve? Maybe, because if you're milling with the Argoth land, well, it costs four to activate, though, is the thing. The yeah, I, maybe that part's not great. Um, I, I was just I was curious. This feels like a card that's built for modern, not for standard. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it does have that feel. Uh, just with the the body, again, the gaining life when your lands go to the graveyard does not feel like a standard type thing. Especially since they seem very uh, not okay with doing land destruction. <laughs> um, right. Did you see the uh, Urza's Silex? Which is weird that it's different from Karn's, but it is because you right. would think that, you know... He's getting a different piece of the same, legacy. They're the same bowl, right? Or no? Am I wrong? In no, they, they are the same bowl. Yeah, see? As far as I, mean, I know. One of them has been weakened by age, though. Okay. But, you know, it still doesn't take out any lands. It's just like it's all non-land permits. Yeah. Actually, wait, is it the same bowl? I would think... You did the Silex burn up in the big blast at the end of Apocalypse and then Karn did something in the interim? Because there's a large portion of the story I'm missing. He was he found the Silex. I assumed it was the same one. Maybe it's not. He had the Silex at the beginning of Dominaria United. Yeah, but he had it, it, already. it made it seem like he had found it because he was there looking for it in right. the uh, caves. I don't know yeah. why it would have been there. Maybe the Thran have a, a a lot of bowls that explode. <laughs> yeah, um, with that specific spell written on it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. That's a lore a lore block. It's also impossible. They just don't. The Karn didn't know how to use it correctly. Yeah, seeing <laughs> as all of the notes about it were destroyed. Yeah, the uh, the Thran don't make exploding bowls. They just don't make microwave safe bowls, and then. They just happen to explode is what it oh, is. Is that it's it? Yeah. No popcorn then. Okay. No. Yeah. So that's a cool card. We go over most of the spoilers probably next week mm-hmm. when they're all out, right? Yeah. I think yeah. we're going to do mostly spoiler show next week because I think spoilers are over by then. It depends on when they're all done. Let's say that are almost all done. Uh, I do want to bring up though, because I had made a prediction for Dominary United that did not come to fruition which was Monastery Swift Spear and Dominary United. Uh, yeah. The real bummer to not have that come, uh, come true. But Watsi heard me uh, over here being salty and decided that they would just throw it into uh, Brothers War instead. Um, yeah. So that was the, uh, the big uh, reprint, at least in my mind, that was announced this weekend. Was A set too late only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. This close. Fine. I won't claim any points, <laughs> but I, I still want to point out that... You were on the right track. I was on the track. Hey, I agreed with you when you said it, too. Yeah. yeah. I thought it would be too soon. Yeah, Ben was... And you were right. Congratulations. <laughs> Technically, everyone was basically correct. I mean, I was just following on Dave's coattails, but... Yeah. yeah. I did want to mention one other thing about the reveals during this week, and... Um, they are doing a – it's a run, I guess, similar to the Mystical Archives they did with uh, Strixhaven, where mm-hmm. inside the Brothers Wars booster packs, you're going to find retro artifacts. Some mm-hmm. of these highlights, they're not standard legal, but they have the retro frame. Um, Worm Coil Engine, Phyrexian Revoker, Howling Mine, Ivory Tower, that kind of stuff um, that you can get those older artifacts. Sounds cool. Yeah, I like the uh, blueprint variant that they're also going to... Oh, you like Urza's Notes from Urza's Notes? Yeah. yeah, It's cool. And then some of them are going to be serialized, uh, like at a 500, you'll get X out of 500 uh, to mark it as a super special card. Uh, it, let's... Uh, other Dave, this is just for collectors, right? That's not really... Yep. Why would... like? I don't get the serialization other than it just to be something for collectors to get. Has to be. Yeah. No, no other option there. 
especially since it's only found in collector boosters, the serialized yeah. ones. Yeah, I don't know. I just find that weird because the, the the only thing that sets it's not like you can only get my understanding. Always correct me if I'm wrong. It's not like there are not. It's not like they're printing 500 copies of retro soul ring and then that's all you're getting right it's and then they're all serialized there'll be serialized variants and then non-serialized variants yes right okay that seems odd to me but what do i know collector's man chase cards i have yet to double my profits in record time so maybe i'm the one that's not doing it right so yeah, those would be found in the boosters, um, along with the transformers we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a whole post about what's inside the boosters. If you want to go take a look at it in the show notes, um, what do you guys think about the mech basic lands? Each land mm-hmm. has a giant mech on it. I was just every time they do the full art basic land, they mm-hmm. just get cooler. Like. Yeah. I yeah. thought that when they put out the Infinity Space Lands, there was going to be nothing cooler than the Infinity Space Lands. And they're still pretty like, wicked. <laughs> they are. They, I, I bought a, a, a Infinity Booster Pack this weekend while I was out with the misses and got one of the uh, Mountain on World uh, Lands. Oh, yeah. Pretty cool. The Off World ones are better, but yes. it's, they're still really cool. And. I like them, but these mech ones, man. Do you have a link to the mech ones? Yeah, it's in the show notes of what's inside the Brother of They Specifically the mountain where it's like the dragon is on the mountain, like built into the mountain or whatever. That one is sick. I actually like the forest one where he's built into the tree. Yeah, that one's sweet too. Yeah, that one's cool. The one that I like is the island that's got like this hulk buster looking yeah the big got the the, lit up nipples yeah yeah standing in the uh standing the waves that's uh once probably my favorite from the ones they've released so far it's like uh iron man arc reactors for nipples yeah (laughs) these are really cool i actually don't think i like them as much as the stained glass ones or the space ones but um i still think What's cool about them printing all these basic lands, I think, is that you can, most decks nowadays, especially in modern, only have one or one or two few basic lands. You have mm-hmm. a wide selection of full art, awesome lands that you can kind of tailor to be more like your deck. Yeah. So that's cool. So if you had a dragon deck, you'd make this mountain one and have a dragon on it. It's cool. If you have, you know, something to do with Frexian or Death, then the Swamp ones would be good basics for that deck rather mm-hmm. than the Kamigawa Swamps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's pretty cool. You can theme your deck with the basic lands. I just like that now there are more options available to people. Because Before it was mm-hmm. like, if you wanted your full art lands, you needed your Zendikar lands, or you needed the unset lands. And now there's so many options out there. Yep. Um, and a lot easier to get a hold of. Yeah that are a lot easier to get a hold of because they're just going to keep making them every set. Yep. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah. No complaints there, my friends. More is better. Yes. All right. Well, uh, guess we're going to wrap this show up. Well, I, get it. I didn't realize Hercule was getting a car. Yeah. So is Gix. We predicted that last year, week two, last set two. Yeah. We were Looks like, like Gix is finally getting a car. Finally. We were just a set too late early on that or whatever. Yeah. Dang. Just slower. You need to slow down a little bit and be like, nah. It's, uh, Gix being in this uh, this set makes total sense versus yeah, uh, Dominary United, yeah. actually. So uh, anyways, once again, I think it's time to wrap this show up. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find us? You can find us on Twitter at MPGPod. You can find me on my personal Twitter at be nice MPG. Where can they find you, moderator Dave? They can find me on Twitter at Dave underscore MPG and also streaming Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays at 1 p.m. East Coast time on our Twitch channel. Magic Proving Grounds. Uh, where me and you are totally currently breaking down the modern meta and playing decks and talking through them and 
hopefully dispensing uh, great information. Yeah. Where can you be found, other Dave? Sleeping in my bed. Safe at home after your <laughs> your uh, globe trotting adventures. Globe trotting yeah. adventure to Magic Thirty that was not. You might just make it in time for Magic Forty. You never know. Yeah. Start now. <laughs> oh, uh, Magic Forty, also known as the Midlife Crisis. Yeah, yeah that's when the Midlife Crisis is going to happen at Magic yep. Forty. Yeah. Yep. Still going strong. Things can get wild. Uh, cue the outro music. <laughs> 